morning. Young people, you're dismissed. Amen. Amen. Older people, if you have your Bibles. I know I said older. See, I didn't say old. Old. I didn't say old. Turn to Joshua, the second chapter, if you would. Joshua, chapter number two. And um, we're in a series of sermons from the book of Joshua. And this is part two of the legacy of Rahab. The legacy of Rahab. Last week we focused on the spies, and this time we'll look a little closer at Rahab's faith. But if you would, Joshua, chapter number two. Now we're going to start with verse eight. Up until this point, Joshua had sent out two spies to spy out Jericho and the surrounding area. The king of Jericho heard about it and sent men to capture them. But they found safety in Rahab's house, and Rahab um, protected them. She hid them, sent the spies in another direction. So looking at verse number 8, Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof. That's where she had them hidden. And she said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us. So that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Verse 10, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. Now, that was 40 years earlier. The testimony of God's power is still going strong there. Amen? And what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, that was, uh, that was new, whom you destroyed. Now, verse 11, when we heard of it, when we heard of it, Our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you'll show kindness to my family. Because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you'll spare the lives of my father and mother, brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, that you'll save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her, if you don't tell what we're doing. We'll treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Dropping down to verse 17. Dropping down to verse 17. And the man said to her, This oath you made us swear will not be binding unless when we enter the land you've tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down and unless you have brought your father, mother, brothers, and all your family into the house. If anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head, and we will not be responsible. As for anyone who is in the house with you, his blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on him. We'll stop right there. Father, we thank you for the life and the legacy of Rahab. We thank you for this beautiful example of faith and mercy and love. Speak to us this morning. Help us to glean these principles and practice them in our walk. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. Last week, we focused on the two spies and how God went before them and God worked ahead of them. And we talked about the providence of God, how He orchestrated events. And as they followed His will, God went before them and set everything up for them. And we said to ourselves, it's a beautiful privilege when you're faithful to the Lord when you seek first the kingdom, when you honor the word and you pray thy will be done, that positions our lives for the providence and the practical outworking of God's will and God's blessing in our lives. And that's what happened with these men. It's a beautiful thought. And the thrust of the message is really because we are confident that the Lord goes before us. We can trust His guiding and we can depend on His providing. We have a walk of confidence in this life. We who serve the Lord faithfully, because we know God goes before us. He's still making the rough places smooth and the crooked places straight. And so we looked at Psalm 37 and 23, and we said, if you're faithful, you can claim this promise for yourself. The steps of a good man 
or ordered by the Lord. God establishes our steps and God delights in our ways. So if you put the Lord first in your life, you're not just a fly by night. You're really serving God as you are. You can have complete confidence. He goes before you. You can trust His guiding. You can depend on His providing. He'll walk before you. He'll work all things together for your good. Let that peace settle in your heart. Let that confidence stir your faith in Jesus' name. Now this morning, if I can draw your attention to Rahab. She is a beautiful picture of the mercy and the salvation of the Lord. Her faith is an example and an inspiration for all of us. In fact, she, was, she made it into the hall of fame of faith. Can you imagine that? Hebrews 11, she makes it in along with Abraham and and David and Moses and, and Joseph. Hebrews 11 and verse 31, it says, By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. By faith. By faith that believed that the God of the Israelites was the true and living God that believed that Jericho's mighty walls could not stand against the power of the living God, that recognized that the heathen gods and the pagan gods and the idols all around her were not true and were not living and they were not worthy of her allegiance and her service. Yet God, the true and living God, He certainly was. And by faith, she left her people and she left her way of living and she left her old allegiances. And she gave herself completely and totally to the God of Israel. By faith, she was rescued and she was spared because she chose to serve the living God and not put her trust in the fallacies of men. This first story of the book of Joshua, as we said last week, is a story of God's mercy. And that's interesting because the book is really primarily a record of conquest and judgment as God's people took the land, and God used them to bring judgment on the people of the land that for over 400 years had rejected God's mercy, had continued in their wicked ways. It begins with a story of salvation and grace. And her faith speaks to us this morning in at least four ways. We see within the legacy of Rahab that, number one, she had a changing faith. Her faith transformed her life. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is more than just religion. It's more than just having a new set of rules. It's a life-changing experience to truly be born from above. Can you say amen? A changing faith. It'll change your life. If you met Christ, you have to be changed or something went wrong somewhere. But number two, it was a courageous faith. And we see it with the choices she made and the stands that she took. It was a confident faith. We hear it in her confession. As she declares, we have heard and we believe. And we know your God is the true and living God. He's the God of heaven above and earth below. And there was a confidence in her faith that she trusted God in the face of the odds and the natural that didn't look good. But she knew this God was even greater than the natural odds. And lastly, she had a concerned faith. Not only was she rejoicing that she would be rescued, she was going to bring her family with her. Don't go alone. If you're on your way to heaven this morning, don't go alone. If you know Jesus personally, don't be selfish. Tell someone else and bring someone with you. Can you say amen? Her faith in the living God, demonstrated by her action and her confession, it saved her and it saved her family from a certain judgment that was coming. We all know the story of those walls of Jericho. They're going to come tumbling down soon. And, and it transformed her life and her destiny and her eternity and transformed her faith in Jesus Christ. Transforms lives. Changes us. When someone comes to Christ, they're saved from the judgment that is upon all that have sinned. And that's all of us. They're brought into a brand new family and a brand new bloodline, the bloodline of salvation. Rahab, we said, number one, had a saving faith. We read Hebrews 11. Her faith saved her from the judgment that was to come, but she also had a faith that was a legacy-transforming faith. We won't read it this morning, but last time we read from Matthew's first chapter, and we saw the, the lineage of the Lord Jesus. 
You see, not only was she brought and welcomed into the family of Israel for her stand, but she married in and became the great-great-grandmother of King David. She got into the royal lineage. And if you know anything um, about David's lineage, that's where Jesus comes from. So here's this Rahab, a prostitute from a wicked people in a wicked city. But here she is in the family tree of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? Oh, God's grace is marvelous. God's grace is wonderful. From, from a wicked, immoral Canaanite gods under certain condemnation to the true and living God and the eternal covenants of mercy, privilege, and truth. From the true and living God to knowing that the gods of the Amorites, the gods of Jericho, were no longer able to save were no longer worthy of her allegiance. From a life of shame and guilt to a life of great honor and privilege. That's why we love to sing, Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes whiter than snow. From a terrible life of sin to a precious life of honor and privilege because she had faith. In the living God, Rahab shows us again and again that it's not how someone starts, but it's how they finish that matters. Many have started out in a hard place. They've started out down a dark path, but oh, the grace and the mercy of God. How wonderful it is when we think of how far God can take a life that will just come to Him and call on Him and put their trust in Him. Oh, that's why, friends, it's good news. It's wonderful. Wonderful news that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that sin, it doesn't have to win. And no matter where you're at, you don't have to stay there. You might have been raised in a heathen world. You might have gone down a dark, sinful pathway. But if you'll respond to the good news of Jesus, He'll turn your life around. He'll make you brand new. And He'll put you into the family and the bloodline of God's only Son. Can you say amen? Now, Rahab had much against her. As we said, she was a Gentile. They were outside the promises of God's people in His covenant. She was an Amorite, which even among the Gentiles was a very wicked, idolatrous people condemned and singled out for judgment. They were a wicked people. They burned the babies in the fire. They, 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 oh, terrible things. And she was a prostitute on top of that. No need to explain. She had a lot going against her. She was someone that men in the natural wouldn't give much hope. But she had one beautiful thing going for her. You see, the Bible says that she heard about the God of Israel. When we read verses 9 through 11, she says, And we heard what happened 40 years ago when he redeemed you. And we heard what happened just weeks ago as once again he delivered you. We heard that there was a God that was true and alive and all-powerful. There was a God that had ears to hear and a heart that really cared about humanity. There was a God that loved His people and walked with His people and provided the needs of His people. They weren't like these stone statues. They weren't like these idols that we bow down to. Oh, there is a God in heaven, but He's also a God that has come down to earth and He walks with His people and He abides with His people. That's the true and living. She heard it. That's where faith begins. How can they believe unless they hear? Unless they hear the good news of a loving God and a wonderful Savior. Oh, friend, the hope that springs from hearing, from hearing the good news of a loving Savior and His name is Jesus. Oh, the faith that is stirred when someone hears that Jesus is alive and He's able to save you and heal you and deliver you. He's able to give you a new start. He's able to make you brand new. Oh, how glorious it is when men and women hear the truth and the love and the mercy of God. And it's as if that divine truth acts like a shining light that dispels the hopelessness and begins to drive away the despair 
despair and the discouragement as people that had no hope. All of a sudden, faith comes alive when they hear there is a God that loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done, how many times you tried or you failed. There is a God that loves you so much that He sent His Son to die on a cross that you could be forgiven, that your sin could be atoned for, that your life could be made new. Oh, friends, it's so important that people hear. It's so important that we tell them that Jesus saves, Jesus saves. In Jesus Christ, there's forgiveness of sins. In Jesus Christ, there is an assurance of heaven. In Jesus Christ, there's a present purpose for your life to live and walk with God. Throughout the Gospels, we see story after story of so many that were in a terrible place in a hurting place, in a hopeless place. But then they heard about Jesus. And in their hearing, faith came alive. In their hearing, they believed. And in their belief, they called and they cried and they sought after Him. There were lepers that had no hope. But then they heard there was one that even accepted the lepers. That even cleansed the lepers. And they came and they were saved. There was women that were dying and there was nothing medical science could do. But then they heard there was one by the name of Jesus. Not only did He walk on the water, but He could heal of all manner of sickness and disease. And from here it came a faith that pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of His garment again and again. There are people in our world that are hurting. There are people in our world that are confused. They've tried this and it didn't work. They've gone down that road and it didn't work. But oh, they need someone to tell them there is a way and His name is Jesus. There is a hope and His name is Jesus. And He loves you and He'll come into your life, if you open the door, somebody bless His name. Just heard a wonderful testimony just the other day. Some years ago, Pat gave it. Pat gave it. Pat and Leo's grandson, Rio, took a walk on the wild side. We'll say it like that. He wasn't living for God. He was living for the devil for a long, for a lot of years. Playing in the rock and roll scene. Got caught up in the booze and all the chemical addictions. Finally, at the end of his rope, he called home. He said, Dad, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to go into a rehab. I need help. My life's a shams. This whole lifestyle is killing me. And Father, very wise man, he said, Son, that, that, that rehab's nice, but you know that's not enough. Only Jesus can change you. Only Jesus can give you what you need. Well, the son was wise enough to heed father's advice. And he knew that it wasn't just the rehab that he needed. He needed a new heart. He needed a new life. He needed a new master. He needed a new king. He went to Jesus. Jesus did all that he... I'm telling you what, there is no falseness in advertising. Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is worthy. He can transform you. He can turn your life around. There's no sin He cannot cleanse. There's no brokenness He cannot heal. And this young real, he went to the Lord. He miraculously was transformed, set free from the chemical addictions. He was made a brand new creature, left that old rock and roll and began to sing and worship the Lord with His musical ability. He became a youth minister for, for seven years. I said, they got to hear. At the seventh year anniversary of this great transformation in his life, he, he got on his Facebook thingy and he wrote his testimony. He said, in the seventh year, I've been free from all drugs and alcohol, seven years straight. Been serving the Lord, been ministering to young people, and he put his testimony, they got to hear. You see, there's a lot of people out there that if they'll just hear, the hope will come alive. There's a lot of people out there, the reason they're crazy is because they haven't heard the true gospel. They haven't heard the message of hope. Got on that Facebook, gave his testimony, got a phone call not too long after that. It was a school teacher from the high school that he used to attend. He said, Rio, this is Mr. So-and-so. I don't know if you remember me, son, but, but I read your testimony. I read that thing, that thing. You know, there's no testimony. I read that thing you wrote on your Facebook, and i got to tell you, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm in a terrible place. Uh, can, can we get together? I want to hear more about this Jesus you're talking about. I'm desperate. I'm at the end. My family's falling apart. Rio, what, what can you tell me? Will he do it for me? And Rio said, oh, 
Mr. Teacher, if He did it for me, He can do it for you. Because this Jesus is wonderful. But they have to hear. They have to hear. How can they believe if they don't hear? How can they have hope if they don't know there's one you can put your hope in? How? We see in this beautiful thing, Rahab, she grew up with the idols and the heathen and just the wicked, vile lifestyle. But she heard. And because she heard, she believed. And from that faith, she reached out to the living God and she was saved. Rahab's faith, just like ours, saves us from a certain condemnation. But the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We've all committed that. But faith in Christ saves us. It not only saves us from judging to come, transforms us like it did her into a child of the living God. One that is forgiven. One that is accepted. One that is heaven bound. One that has a glorious future. That's just what it did for us. What is Rahab's story teaching us this morning? Number one, that God will receive anyone who repents and comes to Him. God will receive you, anyone who sincerely comes. Jesus said, I will in no wise cast aside so we can tell the world, no matter what they look like, no matter what they've come out of, we can tell them with confidence He'll receive you if you come to Him. He'll forgive you if you call on Him. He'll transform you if you believe in Him. We found out that God's grace is greater than any sin you could ever have committed. There is power in the blood of Jesus. No matter what you've done, it can be forgiven and you can be cleansed. How great is the God we serve. We find out that when you get saved, the record of your past sin is washed away and removed from God's sight forever and you're grafted in to the family of the living God. Faith in Jesus Christ. There is not one act of sin God is not able to forgive. There is not one person God doesn't love. There is not one heart that God cannot change. So don't give up on that loved one. Don't give up on that neighbor that seems so hard. Don't give up on that co-worker that just doesn't seem that they want to hear it. Keep praying and keep believing and keep sowing seeds because there is not one heart that God cannot change. Rahab's faith, number one, was a changing faith. True faith, Bible faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross changes us. The Bible says it makes us new creatures. We're born again. Can you say amen? Courageous faith is number two. Not only a changing faith. What's that mean? That means when you're really saved, you don't live like you used to live. You don't just have religion. You're transformed from the inside out. You have a new king. You have a new attitude. You have a new desire. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. But secondly, it was a courageous faith. It was a courageous faith. It takes courage to serve the Lord. It takes courage to take a stand and follow Jesus. But sometimes it's not popular. And sometimes it's not easy. But courage is a requirement. It's a necessity for those that will walk with God. We spent two weeks in the first chapter of Joshua. And the key verse came from that first chapter, verse 9, where God said, Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. Three times in that handful of scriptures, be strong and courageous. Because if you're going to walk with God, you need a courageous faith. If you're going to walk with the true and living God, you'll have to take some unpopular stands. You're going to have to make some choices that everyone's not applauding. But it's better than going... It's... There are three components to true Bible faith. Faith that God... Now, we say faith, we're not talking optimism. We're not talking human wish. I'm just wishing enough. We're not talking just some kind of emotional feeling. But Bible faith, faith that gets one into heaven, faith that God, three components to that faith. There's the understanding, there's the believing, and then there's the acting. There's the understanding. How can they believe if they don't hear? You have to understand what the gospel says. 
You have to understand that we're sinners and we need a Savior. And the only Savior is Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. You have to understand that. But from understanding, it's not enough. you've got to believe that's true. You've got to believe Jesus is the way, not Muhammad, not the Blessed Mother, on and on. There's believing. That's the acceptance of what you heard, the heart's response. But don't stop there. Not only is understanding and believing, then there's acting. You commit yourself. Your will and your action supports your confession. That great preacher from the 1800s, Baptist preacher in London, Charles Spurgeon, he used this illustration for salvation and for those thoughts. He said, imagine a young girl is on the second story of a house that's on fire. And there's a big burly fireman underneath urging her and calling her to jump. Well, number one, she has to understand the house is on fire and there's someone out there that's wanting and willing to catch me. Got to understand. Someone has to understand that, that, that we need a Savior. Someone has to understand that you're not going to heaven, but you live in Durant. You're not going to heaven, but you went to the Baptist church when you were five instead of sinner's prayer. You're going to heaven if you're walking with Christ when you die. If you're serving Christ faithfully when he calls you home, you better have, you know, no, no, you've got to understand it. You've got to understand it. You don't go to heaven by accident. That's why people have to hear. But she has to understand, she understood this. Secondly, she has to believe. There's a fireman down there, and he's willing, and he's able to catch me. Got to believe that there is someone willing to receive you and able to transform you. But that's not all. She can understand the problem. She can believe the remedy. But then she's got to leave that window and fall into the arms of the only one that can save her and rescue her. You see, Rahab took her life in her hands. When she welcomed the spies and helped them. But that in itself was the evidence of her faith in the living God. Had she been caught, she'd been guilty of treason. She'd been sentenced to death. But the fact is that true and saving faith cannot be hidden for long. You can't have a secret society of believers. You can't have a faith that your friends don't know is genuine and within your heart. Let's put it like this. When we have a true faith, it will be seen in the choices that we make, in the stands that we take, and in the life that we live. I'll say that again. If you're a real Christian, if you've truly been born again, it's not because you came to Pleasant Grove. It's not because your father was a preacher or granddad was an apostle. It's because you've received Christ into your heart by faith and you're living for the Lord Jesus Christ publicly and unashamedly in this life. It will be seen in the choices that you make, in the stance that you take, and in the life that you live. Hallelujah. Rahab had a courageous faith. She welcomed the spies. She hid them. She concealed them. She risked her life so the spies could get back to Joshua. Now, she's all alone. She's the only believer surrounded by paganism and a culture of just idolatry. But she proves her faith by her works and the life she lived. Faith is not merely proven by what I say, though my confession is important. Faith is proven by how I live, but that's the only way to demonstrate that what took place on the inside is real and genuine. Come on, give me an amen. She stood alone regardless of the cost. In fact, the Apostle James, when he wrote his epistle, and he was looking for a proper illustration for the New Testament church of what real faith is like, he used Rahab as an illustration to show us that faith without works or deeds or actions is dead. It's not alive. James 2, verses 25 and 26. Let's look at that together. Here's the New Testament chapter. And here James is using this great woman. She was a prostitute who knew nothing about the true and living God, had lived just a wicked, immoral life, 
But she heard. She heard of a true God of mercy and compassion, of power and might. And in hearing, she believed. And in believing, she responded with a sincere faith of giving Him her life and serving Him. And it changed everything. James writes, in the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. She didn't just say, I believe. She didn't just say, well, that's what I believe. Her belief was demonstrated and proven by what she did. And look at that next verse. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is... Mm. So our faith should be seen in the way we live, in the stance we take. Come on. Bible faith, the faith that God applauds and approves, has a courage to choose the eternal over the temporal. Has the courage to choose and serve the Lord Jesus, even if it means renouncing and turning from other things. Jesus said, what does it profit a man that gained the world but lose? So sometimes when it comes to serving God, there must be a courage of denouncing and renouncing and leaving other things. If we really, Jesus said, unless a man denies himself, picks up his cross and follows me, can't be my disciple. And sometimes we have to measure, though it might be, unpopular here and a little painful here. Ultimately, what will happen down there? Their faith has a choice and it takes a courage to be a Christian. To say no to the old way of life. To sometimes it means to say no to a family that doesn't love God. And to say, I'm going to live this way for now on. I'm going to walk this way for now on. Regardless of the cost. Many of you men probably remember years ago on Saturdays, the wide world of sports. Anybody remember that? Wild world of sports. The, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Amen. Agony. And when it says the agony of defeat, there's a guy coming down a ski jump. He's going out 40, 50 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, halfway down, he like collapses and he rolls off. He comes off the whole ramp. I mean, those skis are flying. His head's bouncing off the snow, crashing into the fence. Agony of defeat. That's how it started every Saturday, eh? Well, what you, I never found out until years later when they were doing like the 50th anniversary of the show or whatever. That, 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 that skier actually did that on purpose. He said, I found out as I was coming down, the, the, I, I was actually too fast. And if I kept going off the ramp, I would have overshot my safety landing area. And it would have been fatal. I overshot everything. So I had to make a choice. And their choice was, I have to bail out here. And I have to risk some minor bumps and bruises and headaches to spare me from the fatality that will wait if I don't stop the course that I'm on. Serving Jesus Christ demands that we make some courageous decisions on how we live, who we serve. Come on, say amen. And that's what Rahab did. She said, I'm going to have to take some courage. And it might cost me here and now. I might lose some friends here and now. I might be understood here and now. People might fire me or reject me here and now. But I've measured it to then, to then, to then. I'll take the pain now. I'll take the rejection now. I don't want the rejection then. Rahab, her story asks us this morning, am I willing to serve God even if it requires me to leave some people places and behaviors behind am i willing to do right even when it's not convenient you know the right way is not always the easy way but it's the right way can god count on me to seek his will in the choices that i made rahab had a faith that changed her rahab had a faith that could be called courageous for the choices it made and the stance that it took God, give us a courageous faith. On the job, help us to stand separate from others. As we're walking through life, help us to make the choice. It's a godly choice. 
That's a God-fearing choice. That's a choice that honors the Word and lives up to the holy call of those that call themselves Christians. Thirdly, she had a confident faith. And I'll summarize these last two points, but she had a confident faith. And her confession there in verses 9-11, through 11, she goes, we heard and how, how your God opened up the Red Sea and how your God delivered you and how your God gave you victory. And we know... That he's a God of heaven above and earth beneath. And in the same way she was confident. If you're a believer, you can be confident in the Lord you serve. You can be confident. You can confess your confidence boldly as you trust in the Lord. You can expect Him to do what He has done. And you can be strengthened by what He's done. And you can walk in a great confidence. Here's the warning. Think about the story for a second. There were some in the story that had confidence in Jericho and not Jehovah. There were some that though they knew the living God was out there and He had dismantled Egypt and had brought His people out, there were some that still felt secure in the Jericho. There were some that said, I have no need to change how I believe or how I behave. It'll be all right, but it wasn't. How many of you know not all beliefs are the same? How do you know just because someone believes doesn't mean it's the right belief? There were many in that city that saw Israel out there and heard about the spies. They said, that's all right. They can't get through these walls. We don't care who that God is. All gods are the same anyhow. Our God that we have on our shelf here that we bow and do our sign to, He'll protect us. Just who? Uh, all gods are the same. They found out all gods weren't the same, didn't they? Don't have faith in the wrong object. They say that again. Don't have faith in the wrong object. Just because you have faith, there's no security that heaven's going to be your home. You can have faith that the chair you're sitting on will get you to heaven. It won't. You can have faith in a lot of things, but faith in itself won't save you. Faith needs to be in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done on Calvary's cross. It always reminds me of that story of the one man that got on a plane. Had a great flight. Great flight. Wonderful flight. Got a good seat. Right, no big people next to him like me, so he had some room, elbow room, amen. It was wonderful, wonderful. The pretzels weren't stale. I mean, he had a wonderful flight. Got off on time. No, 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 no bouncing up and down. Wonderful flight, wonderful seat. I mean, got there in time. They made record time. The only problem was when he got there, it was the wrong city. There are many people that are having a wonderful flight, but they're going to land in the wrong destination. You see, not everyone's a drunk. Not everyone's a drug addict. Not everyone's going on their 17th marriage. Some people are, are deceived, thinking it's all right. The Jericho of my business, the Jericho of my education, the Jericho, that, that'll take care of me. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? got to have faith in the right thing. But for us that are saved, like Rahab, we should and we can and we must have a confident faith. The Christians should have a confident faith that brings a security and a stability and a strength to their life. I love Psalm 125 and verse 1. But it just speaks about the stability and strength that comes to us that trust the Lord. And again, now I'm talking to believers, those that know the Lord. You can live your life here on this earth with a confidence and a peace because your God reigns. He is the true and living God. He's the God of heaven above and of earth beneath. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. You can trust Him. You can rest in Him. He's the God of power and love. He's the God of mercy and might. He's the God of great wisdom and compassion. If you're a Christian today, no matter what you're facing or what the next season of your life is calling you to, you can face it with a confidence because the Lord your God goes before you and He is the living God. and He's able to keep you from falling. He's able to supply all your needs. He's able to be a shield all around you. If you fall down, He'll pick you back up. If you get weary, He'll renew your strength. But don't you fear. Don't you shudder. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. They that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion which can 
cannot be moved, but endureth forever. Whatever comes, they endure. Whatever comes against them, they endure. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, the Lord surrounds His people. Oh, friend, if you know Jesus, then you walk in trust. You walk in confidence. You might be facing things that are frightening and trying to intimidate your faith, but you just trust in the Lord. He didn't bring you this far to bail out now, and He will protect you, and He will provide for you, and He will give you the strength you didn't even know you had. Can you say amen? And once you trust in God, when you trust in your heart, you got to speak it with your mouth. From the abundance of the heart, 2 Corinthians 4 and 13. Look at this one. See, a confident faith should be expressed and declared. And when we believe it, we can speak it. We can be confident in our declaration. When hell would try to speak a word to intimidate us or frighten us, we can declare, thus saith the Lord. Paul writes, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. When you believe in your heart that your God reigns, you can declare it with confidence. Devil, you can huff and you can puff, but my God is holding me in the palm of His hand and He will not let me go. With the same spirit of faith, we believe, we speak. When faith is real and faith is alive, it can't just sit in a heart heart dormant. It cannot just be put on a shelf like a plaque that we admire. But it affects the way I speak, and it affects the way I think, and it affects the way I live. And here Paul is saying, what we believe in our heart, we are not timid, but we are bold to declare it with our lips. We're speaking to the mountain. We're prophesying to the storm. We are announcing the goodness and the mercy of our God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of the Lord. And sometimes you got to speak that Word and hear it yourself, and just stir your faith and encourage your faith and make up your mind if God before me none can be against me if the Lord's at my right hand I will not be moved the confidence that we have we believe it in our heart and we declare it with our mouth no matter what you're facing go ahead and declare the Lord will take care of me the Lord will come through for me the Lord will help me the Lord will carry me his mercy endure it forever and his faithfulness is great I don't know what your tomorrow holds I don't know what doctor's appointment you have but whatever you're facing you can face it with confidence declaring the God I serve is mighty and he holds me in the hollowest hand Jesus will take care of us can you say amen then this one she had a concerned faith we said when we started, don't go to heaven alone. Anybody here going to heaven? Am anyone sure they're going to heaven? Don't go alone. Take your family with you. Take, take that co-worker with you. Take that friend with you. Don't go alone. See, that's another sign of faith. Not only is it courageous, confident, faith is compassionate. When Jesus comes into your heart, there is a compassion for those in which He died for. Isn't that right? No, because before I was saved, it was me, myself, and I. Before I got saved, I take care of my family. don't really care too much about you if I didn't have to. You know, come on. Let's be honest, everybody. Come on. Say amen. You're in church. Don't lie. Come on. But, but when Jesus comes into your heart, something changes, don't it? Yeah. And you see this in Rahab's life. Compassion is a sign of a changed life. Rahab was burdened for her family. Here she was being saved from the doom that was to come. I think it's beautiful. The first thing she thinks about. Oh, no, 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 no. She's she's stretching her faith. She's just getting saved. And already she's using her faith. Saying, no, 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 no. I'll I'll hide you and I'll I'll take care of you. But not just me. You've got to save my family. Uh, My family. I, I want that promise for my family. That was bold of her. Man, she just got saved. And here she was, making, uh, 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 stretching out her faith, believing God. Take someone with you. Rahab had to tell her relatives two things. Now, she had to tell her relatives two things that God wants everyone to know. Number one, judgment is coming to the unsaved. 
She had to go tell him that. She had to go tell him. I've had an encounter with the living God. And this city's going down. And judgment's coming. And those walls won't protect you. And the army and the king you swore allegiance to, you better change allegiances. Because he can't protect you. But I've got good news. Salvation is available to all who will believe. If you'll come into my house, if you'll come where the court is, amen, if you'll come to the house that's been sanctified and set apart from the destruction, if you'll come in the house, that death angel will fly over you. You see, there was only one way then and there's only one way now. Remember years ago, Mercedes-Benz, closest I ever get to one of them cars was the commercial I see on TV. Um, Mercedes-Benz had a commercial. They, they were the first ones to come up with um, a certain type of um, metal that absorbed collisions. They were ahead of the technology. They were ahead of all the, the others. Um, but they, they never did, um, what, what is it you call it? Um, they never put a patent on it. So all the other cars would, and they did this commercial, and the one man asked the spokesman, why didn't you patent this brand new type of metal in in this technology. And with that deep voice, the commentator says, because some things in life are too important not to share. What we found in Jesus. Too important not to share. Too important not to share. You see. Rahab, once she experienced this great love and mercy of God, she didn't just hold it. She said, no, 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 I got to I gotta bring in the family. I gotta bring in I gotta bring them in. There's others that need to hear. Hallelujah. We're gonna open the altar. The legacy of Rahab. To think about God takes this lady of a sinful, wicked life. But because she hears and she reaches out to God, he accepts whosoever will come. He accepts whosoever will call on him. He doesn't judge us by our past. He doesn't judge us by our natural heritage. He calls all to come, and whosoever will, he'll change you, and he'll embrace you, and he'll accept you. He won't make you second class. He put her in the royal family just to show the rest of us God don't have steps. Amen? When you come to him, you're you're one of his. You're one of his. You're one of his. Legacy, a changing faith, a courageous faith, a confident faith, and a concerned faith. We're going to open the altar, and if you would, if you're here today, and you haven't received Christ, and your heart's not right with God, don't leave before you do. Don't leave before you do. Come and make a fresh altar. Come and make a fresh commitment to Christ. But if you're here and you know things are right, could you spend a couple of minutes praying for your loved one? Could we just take, it's early, can we just take a minute or so? Pray for your family. Pray for those that have not come in the house yet. Pray for those that are outside the place of protection. Maybe you have children or grandchildren. Maybe you've got brothers or sisters. Maybe there's co-workers. But could you give them a minute? And pray for them. Pray by name. And oh God, judgment's coming. Jesus is returning. And if they're not in the house, we're going to pray that way. And of course, if you have need of prayer, then I want you to come. God will touch you. If you need a physical touch, if you need a fresh filling, stand with me, please, as we close in prayer and sing our final song. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for the legacy of Rahab. She is an example and she is an inspiration to us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and we pray give us a faith that will be a courageous faith. A faith that is not afraid to stand boldly for Jesus Christ. A faith that will not shrink back from the lies and the attacks of this world, but will be firm and sure in obedience. Father, in the name of Jesus, may our faith be courageous and may it be confident, Lord. Help us to be men and women that really do trust Your Word, believe Your promise, stand firmly on the fact that You are good and loving, faithful and kind. 
Lord, I pray that you'd give us a concerned faith. Sometimes it's easy just to get caught up in our own lives and we forget there's so many others that have not heard. There's so many others that if they would just hear, they'd respond like we responded. There's so many out there that they don't think there's a hope or they don't think that God would really ever accept them. But if they would just hear the truth of this loving gospel, hope would spring up. Faith would come alive. The process of salvation would begin. Father, we believe that you are able to move in our lives and we are concerned about the spiritual welfare of our friends and our loved ones. Father, bring them in. Father, wake them up. If they've strayed, do whatever you need to do to bring them back to that place of seeking you and serving you and calling on your name. If some haven't heard, oh God, give us an opportunity to tell them. Give us an opportunity to talk with them and share the good news with them. Father, we open these altars. If there's someone within the sound of my voice this morning and things aren't right, between them and the Lord Jesus. I pray that they would come make a fresh altar, make things right, so they could walk on with confidence and certainty that things are right before between them and their God. And Lord, I pray that if there be anyone here today that needs a fresh touch, if they need a touch in their body, Father God, let your healing power flow if they're just weary and need to be refreshed so they could get back into the battle, Lord, help them just to drink a fresh drink of your spirit of refreshing this morning, something that will renew them and revitalize them so they can get back up with joy, with gladness and expectation. Father God, we love you. We thank you that just like Rahab, you found our hiding spot. And you showed us mercy when we didn't deserve it. And when we called on you, you didn't ignore us. But you came to our cry and you received us as your very own. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that though we at one time were unworthy, you looked beyond our faults and you saw our need. That though we were guilty, for we had done wrong, yet you loved us anyhow. And when the time came, you forgave us and you cleansed us. In our sins and crazy life, you remember no more. We thank you this morning for a great and wonderful salvation. We pray, oh God, use us as your vessels to bring many more in. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. Would you spend a minute, pray for someone that's not in, pray for your family. Believe God, step out, call on my name. If you need prayer, come and God will touch your life.